are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Well, I thought we'd never get there, but we finally got to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. I've been waiting for this chapter, and I'm sure some of you have. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I start teaching about faith. And I want us to get into this 11th chapter and see some things. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, at least the first three or four verses, but I believe if we dig around in it, we'll find something that'll help us. Hebrews 11, verse 1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now I want to call your attention to the first verse here, where it tells us now faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Now, someone said that it has to be now or it's not faith. And I think that's pretty well right on because, you know, a lot of times people are saying, well, you know, I believe God's going to do this sometime. Well, we've got to believe or not believe. (laughs) It's got to be now that we believe. Now, certainly we don't have to set a time for the manifestation. But faith has to be in the now. And whether that's even what it's referring to here, I wouldn't say specifically, but at least it's a good thought anyway. Faith is in the now. We believe it now. Now, hope is always in the future. Now, let us notice something here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, the thing you hope for is the thing that you desire. I mean, there's probably not any one of you hoping for something that you don't desire. Because it'd be foolish to hope for something that you didn't want to come to pass. So he's saying faith is a substance of things desired. It is the evidence of things not seen. It's not the evidence of things that are seen. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Now this is where I think a lot of times people miss it and make a mistake is that they believe that faith is the substance of the things that they can see. But it's not. It's the substance of things not seen. In other words, faith stands in the place of the thing that they desire to see until the manifestation of that thing desired. Now, let's say it this way. Faith is the substance of or the raw material or the title deed of things desired. So, if faith is the substance of that thing, then actually... Faith has the same value as the thing desired. Now, I'll let that hang there just a minute. Faith has the same value as the thing desired, if it is the substance of that thing. In other words, the overall value of it, the end results of the value of that substance or that faith, would be the thing desired. Now, being a farmer, I suppose that Maybe I can see some of these things about planting seeds and reaping a harvest a little better than some because I farmed for so many years. You could say it this way, and I'm going to say this in many ways, you'll get it. And that is that faith is the substance or the seed of things desired. 
Now, we know that the Bible teaches us that God's law is seed time and harvest. This is the law of God, seed time and harvest, day and night, cold and heat. Now, this is what God told Noah when he came out of the ark. He said, as long as the earth remaineth, there will be cold and heat, day and night, seed time and harvest, and it will never cease. So this is God's method. When we take the Word of God, which produces our faith, and we plant the seed of that faith. See, that faith is like a seed. A seed is the substance of the thing desired, and it will produce exactly what it came from. Now, we can all understand that. Maybe some of the other things would be a little vague to us. But you take, for instance, a tomato. You take a tomato that has a seed in it. Now, in that tomato is a seed that's a very small thing, but it's what we would call the substance of more tomatoes. I mean, that's where they're going to come from. If you don't have the seeds, you're not going to have more tomatoes. I mean, that's just a fact. When that vine dies, you're out of tomatoes, man. (laughs) But if you've got the seed, if you're smart enough to get the seed and plant it, then you're going to have the manifestation of the thing desired. Now, that's why people plant seeds. It's to reap a harvest. That's the reason that if they want wheat, a farmer goes and buys wheat seed. He doesn't go and buy corn. Go plant it, then bald squall because he got corn instead of wheat. Now, you know, we may be a little dense in something, but we're not that dumb, you know. I mean, we know that if we want a harvest of wheat, we have to plant wheat. Now, this is what he's saying about faith. Faith is a substance of the thing desired. It is the evidence of what is not seen. Now, that's the way faith works. It works like a seed. Now, any farmer knows and I know the years that I was farming, that I could go to the bank and borrow hundreds and thousands of dollars to make a crop on. When, if the banker drove by my farm in the early spring, he'd look out there and he'd say, I don't see a crop one. I don't see a sprig of nothing growing. And it really wasn't. It wasn't anything that he could see. But the thing was planted. I had planted the seed. I had the faith in it. The faith will produce it, see. Now, the banker had enough faith in me and what knowledge he had of the earth that it would produce. If the right seed was planted in the soil and it was cared for properly, it would eventually produce a harvest. That would produce the money for me to pay him back what I owed him. Now, he's willing to invest hundreds and thousands of dollars in something that he can't see. I mean, he can drive out there and I tell him it's all planted in cotton. And he'd say, I don't see cotton the first. (laughs) Because there's not anything there. Well, it's planted though. And the faith, you see, here is the substance of things desired, the substance of things hoped for. So that's what we're referring to here. Faith works like a seed. In fact, before we leave that, let's go over here to the 17th chapter of Luke. And you know this is where a lot of people miss it. They want to take spiritual things and natural things and just totally separate them and and put them apart. But you know, Jesus never did do that. He always brought them together and showed you how they worked by natural things. Here in the 17th chapter of Luke, let's begin with verse 5 and 6. The apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. 
Now, the Greek says it a little stronger than that. The King James says it should obey you. The Greek says it would obey you. If you had faith as a seed. Now, let's just forget about the word mustard here because I think we've got so involved with the word mustard until we miss the whole point altogether. He's talking about a seed. He's just talking about something they knew something about. I don't know a whole lot about mustard seed, but I know something about cotton seed. I know something about rice seed, and I know how they work. So if you had faith as a seed, he said you would say. Now notice he didn't tell them, you ought to have oodles and gobs of faith, <laughs> to use Arkansas English. No, he didn't say you just needed a great lot of faith. He said if you had faith as a seed, see that's the key to it, having faith as a seed. Because faith works exactly like a seed. You plant it and you go on and forget about it. You don't stay up day and night worrying about it. Well, I wonder if it's going to happen. No, no. Just like the banker that looks out across that field, and even though he doesn't see any cotton, he knows the seed is planted in the ground, or at least he believes it is because you've told him that. And he knows that the weather and everything being normal, that it will produce and bring forth a harvest. He doesn't sit there and wring his hands and worry that I don't know whether I'll ever get my money back or not. Because he knows how the law of seed time and harvest works. Now, here we find that he said, if you had faith as a seed, you would say. Now, remember, they asked the Lord to increase their faith. And he said, if you had faith as a seed, you would say to the sycamore tree. Now, he's probably talking about a tree that was standing in their path. They're probably walking down a road. And he said, this was an obstacle before them. And he said, now, let me tell you something, fellas. If you had faith as a seed, you would say to this sycamore tree, be plucked up by the root, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, someone said, you're not going to catch me talking no tree. Well, you're probably not going to catch any trees moving out of your way either. And how many of you know that he's not talking about moving a forest here? He's not talking about moving a tree. He's talking about an obstacle that's in your path. It may be a physical, financial, spiritual thing. He says the way to get rid of it is to say to it, be removed. Somebody said, well, I can plainly see that it's not removed. How could I say that? Well, you have to say it in faith. That's exactly what he's referring to here. If you had faith as a seed, and if you don't say to it what you want done with it and believe, then you don't have faith as a seed. You see, a seed, a single seed is really not good for anything unless you plant it. There's not enough to do anything with. But if you're smart enough to plant it, then the law of seed time and harvest takes hold, and it'll work and it'll produce now, there's all time people trying to explain why that this wouldn't work, that Jesus really didn't mean that. But if you're just smart enough to believe that what he said was true and act on it, you'll find out it'll work. It may not work in a day. It may not work in two days. No farmer's ever planted a seed and reaped a harvest the next day. It takes time for these things to happen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Let me remind you, all this week we have CD offer number 7121. It's entitled, The Chastening of the Lord. It's a single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. The Chastening of the Lord. What does it mean to be chastened of the Lord? Well, so many people believe that He chastens us with sickness and disease. Now, that's not what the Scripture says. It tells us, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, 
And verse 7 says, If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Lord chasteneth not? Now, that's Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 5, he has said, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. Well, now, how do you chasten a child? With words. See, he said, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you. He's telling you that the Lord chastened you with his word. You know, Paul said to one of the churches at Corinth, he said, I robbed other churches. Do you service? Well, they'd rather been whipped with a pole than for him to say those things. He chastened them with his word. God chastened us with his word. Verse 8 of Hebrews 12 says, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, in other words, all children are partakers of chastisement, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Well, why won't the unbeliever receive chastisement? Because they won't receive the word. So they're considered illegitimate. Now, if this being true, then take a look at it this way. If God was chasing us with sickness and disease, then only Christians would ever get sick. There would be no sinners that would get sick because they're not chastened. This is what this verse tells you here. If you're without chastisement, you're not a son. Furthermore, we have fathers after our flesh, which correct us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? In other words, he chastens our spirit with his word. Offer number 7121 for a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, one eight seven seven three nine six ninety four hundred. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.